So we continue our series here on Fruits of the Spirit after having Ellie Monford do just such a brilliant job last week speaking on Pentecost. And we want to thank her for sharing, but we also want to continue just this series. We're in Fruits of the Spirit and it's the Week of Goodness. And to remind ourselves, it's taken from the passage, well-known passage in the book of Galatians. And the fruits of the Spirit really are attributes or virtues or words that characterize the, the character of God. And simply, we just want to share with us this morning just on the fruit of the Spirit. So, Chance, you always like a, a good definition. Yeah. Why don't you kick us off? Well, you've got a biblical definition from the Greek. Um, so, goodness as the fruit of the Spirit, which we're talking about today, is translated from a Greek word, which is hard to pronounce, agathosune, I think, which is actually only found four times in the Bible when it's compared to Christotes or something, which is the Greek word for kindness. Goodness is the practice or expression of kindness, doing that which is good. So agathosune, goodness, the fruit of the Spirit, and we find it in Paul's writing in the following passages of Scripture, in Romans fifteen fourteen, in the main passage, Galatians five twenty two, the fruit of the Spirit that we've been talking about, and Ephesians 5, chapter 9, says, For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. But the passage out of those four that I was drawn to was Second Thessalonians one eleven, which says, With this in mind, we constantly pray for you, that our God may make you worthy of his calling, and that by his power he may bring to fruition your every desire for goodness and your every deed prompted by faith. And that just really reminded me that we need the power of God in us to help us and you know, for that desire in us for goodness to become reality, you know, it says, by his power bring to fruition your desire for goodness. And I love it that Paul is praying, saying to the church that he's praying for this. And that just made me think, wow, you know, that encourages us to pray for each other as we um, ask God for the power to display these fruits of the Spirit and to pray that we would see these things demonstrated you know, in our lives, in our families, in our church, in our community. So goodness then speaks of service or ministry to each other, a spirit of generosity put into action. It speaks of serving and giving. It's the natural result of kindness, that inner quality of tenderness, compassion and sweetness. And I suppose that's all summed up in the word love. Love is kind and good, always seeking to minister to the needs of others. So we always end up coming back to that word love, which covers all things. Oh, and it's interesting that all of them are summed up in that word love. That was the first week that we mm. addressed when we talked about the fruits of the spirit. And love is God, God is love, and it comes from him. And it's, we keep saying time and time again, it comes from him and it comes from us abiding in him and spending time with him. And as we receive from him, that's how we just begin to demonstrate all of these virtues. We just can't suddenly turn on the goodness and, oh, we're going to do good or be kind or whatever it might be. It just comes as an overflow of our time uh, with him. And uh, I thought I'd read just a brief verse from my favourite psalm, Psalm 23. Verse 6 says, Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
the Psalms written by David, David who was the shepherd writing about the Lord is my shepherd, and the shepherd that becomes the king and he pens this uh, song or poem or whatever we want to describe this particular psalm. He's the one who talks about and writes about how God leads us to uh, the still waters, to pastures green, to uh, prepare a table before our enemies in all these different ways. And even when we walk through the, the valley of the shadow of death, that God's presence is with us. And it's this very nature, the very person where his goodness is with us. Wherever we go, he goes. But the, the key point I wanted to sort of raise is, it's something that we need to receive from him. It's something that we need to choose. Uh, his goodness is there, it's ever present. But we need to just always continue to come before him and practice. I need to receive from you, I need to receive your goodness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we were thinking about, you know, the fact that we're not always inherently good. It just doesn't always come naturally. And I suppose if you think of little children, you know, hopefully we don't teach them to be bad or to do bad things, but it, it does come out, you know, from a young age, we want our own way, mm -hmm. you know, we're probably naturally selfish. We want things for ourselves, you know, that whole thing of teaching kids to share, you know, we want what we want. So it doesn't always come naturally to put other people before yourselves. And in our own lives, we may want to do the right thing and what is good, but sometimes we can find ourselves doing the opposite of that. And we can read about it in Romans 7. It's quite a um, deep passage. Um, so I'm just going to read a bit of it and encourage you to read it yourselves because it takes a while to get your head around it. So it's Romans 7 starting at verse 15. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the Lord is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I that do it. It is sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me, waging more against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So even in that passage, you get a sense of that battle going on, you know, in your own nature, you know, you want to do good, but you end up doing the things you don't want to do. And, you know, waging war, it says, in your mind. And so there is a battle going on and we want to do good, 
We want to be good and thankfully as it says at the end there it's God who rescues us from sin but we need to live by the Holy Spirit and we need God's power to display these fruits of the Spirit such as goodness. It's an ongoing journey in our lives and that's why we keep saying it's so important to abide, to remain in the vine, to stay close to Jesus because otherwise that battle that's going on, you know, in our hearts and minds and it, it played out in the world between good and evil. You know, if we're not staying close to God, the negative part comes out and starts to win that battle. So it's about staying close and it, um, it kind of helps us if we read on in the next chapter in Romans 8, it kind of talks about that. So starting at verse 5, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. We want our minds to be, you know, life and peace, so we need to pray, Holy Spirit, let us live in step with you. You know, live out and display your love and goodness and peace in every part of our lives. You know, we could do a whole sermon just on this part. You know, that's for another time. But, you know, we're just called to live in accordance with the Spirit, to walk in step with the Spirit. And that's how goodness and peace and all those other things will flow. Mm. So it's quite a lot to get your head around. <laughs> Even reading those passages of it, I'm like, ah, oh, but, you know, it's good to really ponder that and think about that. Yeah, it's like this two-way thing going on. On the one hand, there's we're inherently sort of bad in that sin has entered the world. Therefore, when we are born, we enter into the world. We we begin to act out of our own selfish desires or whatever it might be, and and, and there's there's all of that going on. If we continue, if we live out our lives without God intervening, we're just gonna not do the very thing that God wants us to do. Mm. But the reality is, we also are inherently um, made in God's image, which means that we have the capacity, this incredible capacity, to be good and to display acts of goodness. Mm. And it's really what we keep saying time and time again. I want to read uh, a passage from Ephesians chapter 2, starting at verse 8. And Paul, writing to the church in Ephesus, he says, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift from God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. As we experience and we encounter his grace and his mercy and we receive his love and we receive his forgiveness for our sins that's what radically changes us from the inside out we display the fruits of the spirit we become more like him and we quickly realize and recognize that we're his handiwork you know we're we're his hands and feet left on this earth this side of heaven to do the kingdom to do the very things that jesus did and as we look and we reflect on the gospels and we read about jesus life we see goodness displayed time and time and time again and God's inviting us and calling us to do that because we're made in his image and to be like him to display the very things that he did I remember my first proper job I had loads of jobs part-time jobs uh, growing up uh, a bit like Mr Ben 
if you're old enough to remember that, a, a bobber job. Anyway, that's not the point. I was uh, just graduated from university and my, my first proper job, I was uh, going to work in a church as, as a youth pastor, a youth worker. And in, in many ways, so much of my experience kind of led up to that time. And, and I really personally felt like this is, this is what God had for me, uh, certainly then. And, uh, and I remember the previous youth, youth worker, his name was Will, he was kind of, um, there was a bit of a handover. He was helping me as I came into the role, taking over from him. And I remember one of the last things that he did, he prayed for me and he prayed those very verses from Ephesians. And I remember it just struck at such a chord with me that, that I really felt like I was God's handiwork. I was created to do good works and that the next couple of years or so uh, spent in this church was gonna be really significant for many people as a result of me trying to be obedient to what God was calling me to do in that place and with those people. And that this was prepared in advance. This was like, God had this lined up like years ago. Mm. You know, uh, I remember as a, as a, goodness, I used to want to be a police dog when I was four years old. And then I can't believe I've just admitted to that. Uh, but as time went on, it's like, I wanted to be a chef. Then I wanted to be a fighter pilot because I'd watched Top Gun and, uh, <laughs> wanted to be a professional golfer and I realized I'm not good enough and there are lots of other attributes and things like you are when you're kind of growing up and then just through kind of uh, my early 20s at university I felt like no this is what I want to do this is what I'm prepared to do now hear me here being a minister uh, and all that that's not the be all and end all remember we are all ministers we're all called to do this Jesus stuff right just because we get the title and we get paid to do this we're all called to do the good works that God has prepared in advance for us to do. And goodness is displayed so much, not just through our vocation, but in everyday life, the way that we treat our families, the way that we spend time uh, with our children, and how we display goodness to our neighbors and to our colleagues as we care for those who are suffering, uh, for those with no voice, uh, no food, no shelter, how we bring God's creative and innovative solutions to world's problems. They're the things that we're made for and intended for, and we act those out uh, as a goodness. Um, many of you and other people that I speak to have often sort of said, you know, I, I just want to help people. I just want to use what God's given me, uh, be it your time, be it your treasure, be it the, the resources or your experience or your uh, whatever it is that you, you, you're really good at. It's like, I just want to use that to help other people. And the question is, what, what, how are you doing that? How's that going? And uh, because that's really what we want to encourage and spur each one uh, towards doing all the time. I wanted to share briefly an extraordinary story of goodness. Some of you, many of you, if you're part of our church, you'll know this. Uh, there is an incredible couple in our church who I've no doubt will be watching uh, live uh, right now. Many of you will know them, but... They, uh, over these last number of weeks, together with the help of several others of you again who will be watching this, have managed to distribute over 4,000 meals to people in our community. And with the help of a local restaurant. Yeah. And uh, we've, we've deliberately tried to sort of keep that under the radar, like we haven't stuck it on Facebook and all that kind of thing. We just wanted to kind of let the actions speak for themselves, really. And. Uh, and yet in this environment and this time together as family, it is important that we sort of recognize celebrate that and celebrate goodness. goodness. I mean, the goodness displayed 
through those people's lives, receiving by, or having been received by so many, is just wonderful. It's just a wonderful part of the kingdom story that God has invited us into. What I do want to say is a little bit of word of caution, and that's simply this. You, you could well be listening to that going, wow, my goodness, I'll, I, could I, I could never do that, you know. Mm-hmm. Perhaps on the other extreme, you you are you have been shielding, and you can't actually even leave the house, you know, uh, at this current time. And we don't want you to hear it's just about the big thing or the grand thing. It is always still as important and relevant in the small thing: texting someone, calling someone, giving financially to someone or to a charity. Uh, for those of you who are the bakers, you've been baking the living daylights out of your oven and getting all the flour off the shelves from Tesco's or whatever it is, you know, bake some stuff and, you know, distribute it to the person over the road or whatever it might be. But God's handiwork created in his image to do this stuff and it's just such a privilege, such a joy to be able to do that. We just love it and we encourage each and every one of us to be actually doing it. Yeah, and when you think about that verse, you know, where God's workmanship created Christ Jesus to do things that he's created us for in, in advance. It's like just saying, Lord, show me what those mm. things are and just doing the natural things, you know, in your everyday going about the place life, you know, the way you talk to people, you know, it's just showing goodness. It's just can happen so naturally. But we've said before in this series, you know, it's easier to do good to people who you love or you know maybe even strangers or people you don't know but it's harder to do it if it's someone who's hurt you or someone who you might consider an enemy although we don't use that word as much I think but we've mentioned this when we've talked about love as a fruit of the spirit and I just wanted to read again from Luke chapter 6 because I think this ties into what we're talking about in goodness Because it says, starting at verse 27, But to you who are listening, I say, Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who ill-treat you. If someone slaps you in one cheek, turn them to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. If you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Like, do good to your enemies, to those who have hurt you. That's a pretty tall order. You know, those words are quite jarring almost, or hard to listen to. And I've been part of some chats recently online, of course, where people have been talking about forgiveness and the difficulty of forgiving those who have hurt them or you know especially when that person 
isn't sorry or hasn't changed or doesn't show any repentance at all you know why would you want to display goodness towards people like that it's a legitimate question yet it's clear here in these verses we're to love our enemy and do good to them and again as we've said with all these strips of the spirit we will need god's help to do this you know we need god's help to show goodness we need god's help to forgive and as we've said before as well at times that's a process it's an ongoing journey that we need to undertake with god's help you know so it, it just feels really real for people at the moment i think maybe you know as life has changed dramatically and perhaps the pace of life has changed for some people it's given us more time to think and reflect and maybe it's raising stuff up in us that we need to think about some more and we need God's help with that we need God's grace with that to show that goodness so if if any of this is resonating with you as you're listening as you're watching if it's Sunday morning and you want someone to pray with you, you know, that's available. But also if you'd like to talk to someone about any of this stuff, please, we are always here. So just, you know, message us and we'll arrange to have a chat because it just feels like it's hard because you can't have that interaction that we would on a Sunday. Like if we said something in the service and then someone's like come up to us afterwards and say, oh, I'd really like to talk to you about that. Yeah. You know, we can't physically do that, but we can still do that. So please do get in touch. So goodness is a fruit of the Spirit. We're called to live by the Spirit, display that fruit in our lives. And as we say over and over, that comes from God. And as we live with him, he helps us. And something that I thought of when I was thinking of this is, the only way you can show God's goodness is if you trust his goodness. And I think sometimes when life is really tough or mm. we're facing things we didn't expect or even at a time like this when it feels like the whole world has been shaken, you can doubt everything, you know, and you can doubt, you know, what you know about God or his goodness or his promises. And that's when I need to return to them and hold on to the things that I've known to be true in the past. You know, God is good and um, you know, if you read the Psalms, there's so much in it about that. You know, he is good, his love endures forever. But I, I know I was thinking of what you said earlier from Psalm 23, verse 6. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, you know. So there might be days when you just don't feel like that is true. But that's when you go back and stand on God's word and stand on the promise. Surely his goodness will follow me all the days of my life. And this week I've been reading Psalm 27 and that's been really comforting to me. And towards the end of that Psalm in verse 13 and 14 it says, I remain confident, confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. And I just felt like, you know, for some of us here as we're watching and listening, we need our confidence restored in that again you know to have confidence i will see the goodness of the lord in the land of the living so even if life is tough right now and it doesn't feel that way you will see the goodness of god and god is with you in the trial in the hardship in the fire whatever it is you're going through god is with you he will never leave you he'll never forsake you 
and you will see his goodness. So, yeah, I just wanted to leave that as a final well, thought. Very good indeed. Yeah. Well, so, folks, uh, here in death, and uh, we want to pray. And there's opportunity if you would like prayer straight after this, go to our website and you can be linked in with someone. They can pray with you via Zoom or something. And like Chantal has mentioned, if there's things that are kind of coming up, then uh, please do get in touch. That would be great. Let's pray together. We just receive from you again, God your goodness and your love. Thank you that in the midst of our lives right now that you are good and your love endures forever. Mm. We receive from you again today your incredible love. Just receive from Him. It comes from Him. All of this stuff we're talking about. We can't be those things unless we truly receive it first from Him. You are who we go to. We receive your love, your goodness today again. Amen. Amen. So if you're watching on Sunday, maybe we'll see some of you tonight to pray. And if not, we look forward to seeing you again soon. Thank you for being with us for Carrick Vineyard Church at Home. Take care. Bye. Bye.